Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Well, good morning, Roxborough Church, and welcome to this hour of worship. We're so thankful that you would join on with us. Before we get started, I want to encourage you, go ahead and hit the share button. Let some other people know that this is going on this morning, and they can jump on with us. Um, maybe you can copy and paste the URL into your, uh, onto your social media or something like that. Let the world know that you're worshiping God this morning. You invite others to do that right here along with us. I also want to share with you some really sad news. Um, uh, on, on Thanksgiving morning, on the morning of Thanksgiving Day, uh, Helen Grow went on to be with the Lord. Um, we praise God for her 96 years of life, and uh, we pray with her family as we as they mourn her loss and as they think through next steps. We recognize in these moments that life, while albeit 96 years is a long time, life is pretty brief. It comes and it goes. And in that moment of coming and going, we have an opportunity to decide what we'll do with it. We have an opportunity to decide what will be the purpose and the focus And this morning, as we wrap up this series about enough is enough, I really want to encourage you to make a decision today that your purpose and your focus will be on the person of Christ. Not just on what he's done in your life and not just on the things that you can celebrate because they're going well, but on the person of God, who God is, the character of God and the nature of God and the promise of God. So this morning, as you usher your heart to that place, let me pray us in. And then let's worship the Lord in song. And during that time, we'll we'll, we'll use these words of the song to confess our hearts, to acknowledge God, the heavenly Father and creator, sovereign over the world, Lord of our life. Let's pray together. God, we wanna worship you today. We want to honor you today. Lord, we want to celebrate who you are. We want to lift you up, God. We want you to be on the throne of our life. God, we want you to be, to, to be, to be Lord, to be the one who has dominion and rule over us. But God, we don't want to do it from a place where we were arm wrestled in. We want to do it from a place where we willingly just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, move our hearts to a place where we can give thanks, not just for what you've done or are doing, but for who you are, for you being the very nature of God. Oh, Father, this morning, the work that needs to be done, might you do it. Wash over us, cover us, fill us, renew us, that we might be able to worship Yahweh, Jesus, Messiah, Lord. We join our hearts together in prayer and now in song. Amen. Oh, Father God, Father, we hang on to that promise. The 
promise of your hope that will abound, the promise of the resurrected nature of of God, both available to, to us through faith, faith not in anything we could do on our own, but faith in the one who has done it for us trust trust in the holy work of Christ and recognizing the waywardness of life the sin of our own and of yielding Jesus be Lord Jesus, have your way. Jesus, we receive you here today. God, we ask in the same way we worshiped you in song, the same way we allowed our hearts to posture in your direction. Now we give the attentiveness of our mind. the teaching and the proclamation of your word. God, might this be an act of worship as we seek to understand the will and the way of the Father through the person of the Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, let's prepare our hearts to worship the Lord through the study of his word. God is good, and all the time. Now look, if you're at home, and there's still somebody in your house sleeping, we're going to do that again. And I just want you to proclaim it really loud. Like, let the first thing they hear as they awake this morning be your voice proclaiming the goodness of God. All right, so God is good, and all the time. God is so good. If you got your Bibles with you, we're going to be looking at Psalm 69 today. So you can go ahead and find your way there. Psalm 69. And we're going to be wrapping up this series. We've been doing a three-part series called Enough is Enough, and it started off with Pastor Crawford, who brought the first week of that series, Practicing Gratitude in Christ. And then last week, Pastor Charlie brought in the second week of the series, Finding Contentment in Jesus. And this morning, I want to offer you the wrap-up to the series, which is offering thanksgiving for Christ. So we've talked about having our hearts postured toward Jesus and practicing a spirit of gratitude, thankfulness for Jesus. And we talked about finding contentment, uh, thankfulness in Jesus. And we talked about finding contentment 
in Christ and allowing Christ to be the one that satisfies the desires of our hearts. But this morning, I really want to think about how is it that we say yes for Christ. We say thank you for the person of Christ. Maybe we'll start it off this way. What is something that you're thankful for? Now, there's only a couple of us, just the band and those working the board who are in the room. And so you're going to need to participate because I want you to warm the crowd up, right? Like the folks who are online, they need to know that they can audibly participate as well. By the way, if you're following along online, which you are if you hear this, you can go ahead and type your responses into the chat feature. There is a chat feature. If you're, if you're doing this on your phone, I believe, I believe you actually have to hit the chat feature to go to that. Um, but if you're on your computer or laptop or on your TV, you'll actually see it on a side window next to your, um, next to the actual video. And so I want to ask you to participate with us. So what is something that you are thankful for? Don't overthink it. Just go to the first thing that comes to your mind. What is something that you are thankful for? Let's get a couple shout outs in the room. Sunshine. Oh, wait, 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 wait. When you said that, Darnell, you know, I just, it, it took me to that song. And if I was Pastor Charlie, I would sing, but I'm not. But, you know, you know that song, Ain't No Sunshine? You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do any more than that. If you don't know what I'm saying, you got to Google that. Anyway, go ahead. So sunshine, sunshine. We're thankful for sunshine. What else? Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankful for family. I, I know around, around Thanksgiving is a time when, when everybody is reminded how thankful they are for family. And, uh, and, and any time in which we have lost family, and uh, our hearts pause right there as well for the extended family of Aunt Flossie, who lost her grandson over uh, Thanksgiving week in a tragic car accident. Church, we extend our hearts and our prayers to anyone who's hurting right now as they've, as they've lost family. And we also extend our hearts and prayers as we celebrate the gift of family, and that's right. So the family is something that we often think of about how thankful we are for. What's something else we're thankful for? Healthcare, healthcare, health care, and healthcare, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lump all three of them together, right? Health, those who help care for us, and healthcare, all those things together, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, healthcare for sure. Anyone else? Anybody? Did anybody? Pastor Ricky, did anybody respond online with something they're thankful for? We in this room are thankful that we can speak to those who are online. Somebody said life. Somebody said they're thankful for life. Amen to that, whoever it was who said that. That's cool. Pastor Ricky, if anybody else says anything, you can just feel free to interrupt at any point and shout it out. But that's, those are some things we're thankful for. What is something that you shared around your table or via Zoom or however it was you celebrated Thanksgiving this week with friends and family? What is something that you recounted from this year that you were thankful for? I know 2020 has been a hard year, but there's probably still something you could say you were thankful for. So I'm not asking you to make one up now. I'm asking you to think of the one that you shared with friends or with family on Thanksgiving Day or around Thanksgiving that you were thankful for for this year. Being able to go to work. Pastor Crawford was thankful that he could still come into work during the pandemic. That's right. But anybody else, something else you thought of that you were thankful for this year? Okay. 
there's a reason why I'm asking these questions, and for me, it really um, this this question really strikes at the core because it's usually something that uh, that I encounter a couple of times during this week. And the reason why is because Thanksgiving and my birthday are often very close to, closely uh, close together this year, just one day apart from each other. And so, on both occasions for Thanksgiving and on my birthday, I'm asked to recount something that I'm thankful for. And now as I've made my trip around the sun, that's how I like to talk about it, as I made my trip around the sun 42 times, 42, I mean, like, that's, that's a lot of trips around, you're right, Sabrina, that's a lot of trips around the sun. Sabrina just looked at me like I was, <laughs> like I was needing the health care she was talking about, right? And so, as I made my trip around the sun that many times, I've got a couple of things that kind of resonate in my mind that I say, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all the things that we shared. You know, I'm thankful for the, uh, the things that I've accumulated over time. I'm, I'm thankful for the people who walk side by side with me in life. I'm thankful for those who are dependent on me. And I'm thankful for those whom I'm dependent on. Um, and so there's so many times that, I, that I've I'm asked that question, I can think of things that I'm thankful for, but each time I, I, I think of something different because there are that many things in life to be thankful for, and each time the meaning of these things feels grand in that moment, but yet as I study through scripture, I get to the book of Ecclesiastes, and the, and the author of Ecclesiastes says it's meaningless, meaningless. All this is meaningless, and it's, it's, it seems impossible to say things like, Friends and family and relationships are meaningless. It seems impossible to say things like, you know, like, you know, uh, health care is meaningless. It seems impossible to say, you know, like the, the, the basic needs of life being provided for are meaningless. It seems impossible to say the Internet in a day like today is meaningless. And yet, this is what we find. We find like this comparative statement of meaning and value but what is it comparing to? And, and that's what I want to help us to think about today. So as I said, if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Psalm 69. Now I'm going to read through the entire Psalm. And, uh, and I hope you can follow along with me on that. And the reason why I'm going to read through the whole Psalm is because I believe that the Psalm, you can go ahead and put it up, it's okay. I believe that the Psalm actually reflects the movement of David's life and the movement of David's heart. And it probably reflects a lot of the question we've been asking about things that we're thankful for now. So here we go. It says this. This is the David who writes this. He says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head. Many are my enemies without cause. Those who seek to destroy me, I am forced to restore what I did not steal. You, God, know my folly. My guilt is not hidden from you. Lord, the Lord Almighty, may those who hope in you not be disgraced because of me. God of Israel, may those who seek you not be put to shame 
because of me. For I endure scorn for your sake. And shame covers my face. I'm a foreigner to my own family, a stranger to my, my own mother's children. For zeal for your house consumes me. And the insults of those who insult you fall on me. When I weep and fast, I must endure scorn. When I put on sackcloth, people make, make sport of me. Those who sit at the gate mock me, and I am the song of the drunkards. But I pray to you, Lord, in the time of your favor, in your great love, O God, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the mire. Do not let me sink. Deliver me from those who hate me, from the depths of waters. Do not let the flood waters engulf me or the depths swallow me up or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love and your great mercy. Turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me. Deliver me because of my foes. You know how I am scorned, disgraced, and shamed. All my enemies are before you. Scorn has broken my heart and has left me helpless. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comfort, but I found none. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. May the table set before them become a snare. May it become retribution and a trap. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and their backs be bent, before, bent forever. Pour out your wrath on them. Let your fierce anger overtake them. May, the peace, may, may their place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in their tents. For they persecuted those you found. Excuse me. For they persecuted those you wound and talk about the pain of those you hurt. Charge them with crime upon crime. Do not let them share in your salvation. May they be bottled up, bottled, may they be blotted out of the book of life and not be listed with the righteous. But as for me, afflicted and in pain, may your salvation, God, protect me. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull, with its horns and its hoofs. The poor will see and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts live. The Lord hears the needy and does not despise his captive people. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and all that move in them. For God will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah. Then people will settle there and possess it. And the children of his servants will inherit it. And those who love his name will dwell there forever.
David, as he pens this psalm, is walking us through kind of the, the story of his life. And, and by the way, uh, with some intentional study, you'll find that this story is pretty reflective of the story of Christ. Matter of fact, a lot of the things that we read about in the New Testament or in the Gospels as it speaks to Jesus and especially the end of his life is reflective of Psalm 69. And so we get kind of the pre-story the, the, the picture of what is yet to come. But, but as David is writing this psalm, he, you, you'll know when he starts off, he, he says 2020 has been a tough year. He says this has been impossible. The things that have been, it's been an uphill battle all the way. And there's things that I can fight against that have been coming, and there's things that I have no ability to battle against. But they're all still there. It's pressure. It's oppressive. Pressing in on me. And that, that, that sense of like revealing his heart, both the enemies that he knows and those that he doesn't, and the ways in which he's tried to stand for what is right, and yet he's been mocked as if he was the unrighteous one. Those realities are there. And I would imagine, I, 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 I pray that your Thanksgiving wasn't set up this way. But I would imagine if we had a moment where we just said we're going to be honest at the table, we could spend a good amount of time lamenting some things from 2020. I would imagine we could say there's some things that happened this year that, that, that just, mm, mm, God, I don't know why that happened. I don't know why she, I don't know why he, I don't know why it. I, you just could list some things that you say, I'm not so thankful there. And that's kind of how David starts off. He starts off by recognizing the, the weight of his enemies coming at him. He talks about, he, he says, he says I'm, I'm in the waters, and, it, and it's up to my neck. In other words, I'm about to drown in this. I've got no ability to find something to stand on. I'm about to run out of, what's that called when you're in the water and you're kicking your feet to stay above? Yeah, I can't do that. It's called treading water. I can't do that. I cannot do that. Matter of fact, I, you, you guys almost lost your pastor when, he was on, when I was on sabbatical. I think I told some of you all this story, but, but I, we were at one of the Great Lakes, and we were playing in the water, and there was a big, we had a, we had a beach ball that our kids had grown to love. It's kind of just like that movie with Tom Hanks where he's on the island. What was that movie called? Castaway, Castaway, Castaway. He was like Castaway and Wilson. Y'all remember that story? Those who were in the room, did y'all all see Castaway? Put your hand up if you saw Castaway. David, I have a homework assignment for you. You need to watch Castaway. It is three hours of your life. You won't get back, but you'll still enjoy it, okay? All right? But just like that, you know, where he had grown, grown, grown attached to, the, to Wilson, the, the, the volleyball, my kids had grown attached to this beach ball. We had played in all the Great Lakes with this beach ball. And we were in this Great Lake. I don't remember which one it was, but it was bigger than me, so it was great. And so and we were in this body of water, and we were playing, and all of a sudden, we noted the ball was starting to float away. And all I could think about in that moment was how much my kids loved the ball. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go get the ball. What I didn't think about was that once I, once I can no longer reach the bottom, I can no longer swim. And so I started to go after the ball. And I got about, you know, this deep into the water, and I had this realization. The ball's moving faster than I am. And if the ball's moving faster than I am, I need to move faster than it to catch up to it. By the time I catch up to it, I won't be able to reach the bottom. 
that ball would become a flotation device to save my life if I can get to it. So by the time I got to about here, I had run out of hope. And now I'm starting to panic, and I'm crying out like David. I'm coming up to my neck with this. I don't know how I can survive, but I'm not crying out to God. I'm just asking my wife to come save me. You know, get me from the beach. Come get me. Thankfully, thankfully, I found a foothold where I could stand, and we just said goodbye to the ball. We all waved and mourned as it floated off into the distant way off yonder somewhere. I'm sure if we just took moments, we can honestly say there are things that, that just have been so hard that, it finds, that we have a hard time saying thank you. But I guess that's really the heart of what I want to talk about this morning. Most of the time when we think about being thankful, we think about circumstances that are, and, and, and responses to circumstances that cause us to say thank you or to give us a spirit of thankfulness. And I believe what David gets to at the end of the psalm is that his circumstances have not changed. It wasn't during the psalm that he was penning this that all of a sudden he realized his enemies no longer want to come after him. That all of a sudden Zion was now, was now a, a revered city again. It, was no, it, was, it wasn't that the end had already come. It's that, that there was a movement in his mind when he said, I'm moving from the circumstances of life to the person of God, to the character of God to the promises of God. And so this morning, I want to invite you to do the same thing. So we started off by talking about what are some things that, that we're thankful for, and those were all circumstantial, right? They were, they were realities in the world around us. We're thankful for the ability for fresh air outside. We're thankful for the ability to, to be gathered with, with, with family. We're thankful for, for health. We're thankful for, and we, we listed off things that are all circumstantial. And I want to invite you now to move with me through the psalm, in the same spirit that David did, to the end of the psalm, where David says, I'll let heaven and earth praise you, God, and the seas and all that move in them will praise you, for you, God, will save, for you, God, will rebuild, right? David begins to declare the character and the nature of of God. You know, uh, Paul says it this way in the book of Romans chapter 8. He says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. That God, it is your very nature that you work for what is right, that you strive to bring about what is Best, that God, you do what only you can in, in, in working these moments out, no matter how devastating they seem in this moment to me. So let me re-ask the question from this morning. What is something you're thankful for? And this time, rather than shout it out, let's, let's, let's commit this to prayer and allow that thing that we're thankful for to be a caricature, a caricature of God, a characteristic of Christ, a promise that comes through Scripture. Here are some of the characteristics I'll share with you that might help us to think in this direction. These are uh, maybe five or six characteristics of Christ 
that I find in Scripture that are uh, encouraging to me as I think about what does it mean to be thankful for the person of Christ. Jesus, you are humble. John 13, verses 1 through 5, it says this. It says, it was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. John is saying that Jesus knew his end was coming. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and that he was going to return to God. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing. He wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the very towel that was wrapped around him. The king. John says that Jesus knew he, that the Father had put all things under him. And yet he knelt before others and served the humility of Christ. I'm thankful for the, the holiness of Christ. First Peter chapter one says this says, but just as he who was called, who has called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do, for it was written, Be holy, because I am holy. I'm thankful that God in his perfect holiness sent Christ embodying perfection and holiness. And that God's word declares that you and I are meant to be holy because Christ is holy. I'm thankful for the righteousness of God. First John chapter 3, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous just as Christ is righteous. I'm thankful that Jesus is love. Ephesians 5, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, walk in the way of love just as Jesus loved us and he gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. I'm thankful for the person of Christ being a forgiver. Colossians chapter 3, bear with each other, bear with each other, and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I'm thankful for the compassion of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as Christ has forgiven us. Be kind and compassionate with one another. I'm not just thankful for the circumstances I'm in. Matter of fact, I'll confess to you, church, 
It's oftentimes my circumstances are things I'm not thankful for. But as David wrote in the Psalms, I got to be honest. This is what it feels like today. I got to be honest. This is devastating. I got to be honest. This feels unfair. But God, for you, I'm thankful because of who you are. Not because of what you've already done, because of who you are. Surely, because of who you are, I know what is to come. You're consistent, God. You've offered your promise. You've declared in your word. You've created a way. You've sealed these promises within us through, your son, through the life, death, and resurrection of your son and through the gift of your Holy Spirit. But God, it's not that you're getting me out of trouble that I'm thankful. It's the nature of you being for me that I'm thankful. It's the nature of you being sacrificial that I'm thankful it's the nature of you loving that I'm thankful. It's the nature that you are compassionate that I'm thankful. As I, as I said in the chat, it's the nature that God is slow to anger that I'm thankful. Friends, I don't know what's going on in your world today. I don't know what it is that you feel like you're pushing the ball. I don't know what ball you feel like you're pushing uphill. I don't know how difficult it feels like to, to be standing in a, in a place where you're standing. But I know this, in week one, we were reminded, we were reminded by Pastor Crawford that practicing gratitude in Christ is our response, that we're thankful in relationship with Jesus. In week two, Pastor Charlie reminded us that we can find contentment in our walk with Jesus. And this week, I just simply want to say, would you join me in saying thank you, not for what Jesus has done, simply put, for who he is, for who he is. That will not change, no matter how hard today is. And friends, I know there's some hard days around us. That will not change. No matter how isolated you feel as you live into this safer at home stay order, that will not change. That will not change whether you're in another country that speaks a language that you don't yet understand and you're promised to be there for three years. That will not change. The character of Christ will be consistent from beginning to end. The promises of God will be fulfilled from the first to the last. And the invitation from Jesus is for us to be thankful in him, to be satisfied with him, and to recognize and adore who he is. Church, would you? Today, right now, would you? Would you move from focusing on your circumstances and move your attention to the person of God? 
I'm gonna pray that. I'm gonna pray that for you and I'm gonna pray that for me. I'm gonna invite you to allow Christ to be the center of it all for you. And as the band comes back to sing our closing song, I wanna invite you as well to recognize that the work of God in our midst is something that God has allowed to happen so that you and I can understand more of the person of Christ. We can understand more of who he is. So with your hearts bowed, with your, with your heads bowed and with your hearts centered on the Lord, would you pray with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, we, we pray right now, God, that you would take center stage, that it would be all for you. God, we recognize that so often our response to life is, is built up on what is going on around us. It's whether today was a good day or a bad day. It's whether today somebody said somebody was polite and we got the, the Chick-fil-A service or whether we got some other fast food chain service. It, it, it's, whether or not, uh, it's, it's whether or not we felt cared for by somebody else or we felt loved by somebody else or we got what we were hoping for. But God, I believe that, that we need to declare that enough is enough. I'm done centering my life on things going on around me. And I'm recentering my life on the person who has brought about life, hope, restoration, joy, contentment, satisfaction. On the one who has declared that we are good because he is good, and the one who has declared that we are meant to be holy because he is holy, on the one who has given us the opportunity to reflect the person of his son in our life. So God, you're the center. God, I, I recognize you to be the one who I am thankful for. Yes, I'm thankful for my family. Yes, I'm thankful for all that you've allowed me to obtain. Yes, I'm thankful for the road you have me on. Yes, I'm thankful for the seat that I sit in. But God, more than anything, I'm just thankful for you. I'm thankful that you, you were seated high and you chose to come low. I'm thankful, God, that you chose in this moment to say, I love you enough that I'll humble myself before you and I'll serve you to the point of death, death on the cross. So, God, I don't understand all that goes on around me. There are moments that it just seem confusing, overwhelming, and hard. But I know your nature. I know your character. I know you love me. I know you invite us to life that is full and that is good. And so we say yes today. Those who, are, who can hear my voice, we say yes today. We declare that you are Lord. We give up today. We declare that absent of you, we can't, but with you, we can. God, we believe upon your son, Jesus, for salvation, for the gift of life that's forever. And so we're coming home, prodigal sons and daughters. We're coming home. Wayward children, we're coming home. We receive this day the gift of salvation anew and fresh. So position our hearts, God. Position our hearts to look into this new Advent season as we await the coming of the Christ. Position our hearts to look forward to the gift of Christmas. Position our hearts to be able to say yes 
to who you are, regardless of what we're in. God, we love you. We love you enough to say we're hurting, but we love you. We feel lost at times, but we love you. We don't love you because of anything that we can do on our own. We love you because we, we understand more and more of how much you love us. So God, we've worshiped you in song. We've studied your word. We've attended our hearts to you. I pray, God, as we sing this last song together, as we hear these words of this song declared over our lives, God, I pray that we would feel a sense of uh, empowerment to go forward this week, living a life that is dedicated for your purposes, living a life that's set apart, that is holy and right. And God, as a final act of worship, we give. We give freely and generously and graciously. Open-handed. God, everything you've entrusted to us, it's yours. And so we, we open-handed hold it before you and say, Lord, take it and use it however you can. God, what I bring might not be a lot, but through you, it can do miraculous things. But God, I also do pray, Father, for those who are able to give and in very generous ways. I pray, Lord God, that you would lead upon their heart to do that, that the church would be positioned in the season ahead to be generous and gracious. So use these gifts, these tithes, the offerings. Use them to grow your kingdom, to strengthen your church, and to embody the witness as we go forward with the good news of the gospel this Christmas season. Lord, we honor you. We worship you, we give to you, and we sing this closing song. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Friends, we cannot wait to do this again with you, but this week, celebrate the person of Christ. And may, these, may the song, the blessing be over you. May the favor of God be before you as we look forward to the person of Christ born as a child as we celebrate Christmas in the weeks ahead. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at roxboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.